So let's let's show the blasphemy that is coming out of the evangelical right um, with this God complex that that Donald Trump and his supporters are putting forth here. You know, the evangelical church has failed this country. Not only have they failed America, but they've also failed Christianity. They are so far away from the Gospels of Jesus. Could you imagine if the evangelical church actually followed what they claim to preach in the Bible? We wouldn't have had four years of Donald Trump. We wouldn't have had an insurrection in January 6th. We wouldn't have had the cruelty that we saw with kids in cages. We wouldn't have this idea that character doesn't seem to matter anymore. Could you imagine the kind of country we would, ha- we would have had by now if evangelicals actually followed the Bible they claim to work? Worship. Instead, they're following their God, their golden orange God in Donald Trump. And this is a way of us pointing that out. Politicians are simply reflecting the overwhelming majority of Republicans uh, that put them in office in primaries. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. I mean, um, I'm not even going to really go there, but there was a, a line that I guess I will go there that Hillary Clinton got in trouble for in 2016 when she used the term deplorable. But that is kind of where we are, right? And I think it's now coming to, uh, we're seeing the fact that there are a lot of folks out there in America who this is what they believe in, this is what they want. And you certainly see that in the Republican Party where you have, um, you do have some Republicans out there who I think are still very much struggling to find a home. You know, is there a moderate Republican left that I can vote for? And sometimes you do see those Republicans in primaries, but they almost always lose to the MAGA extremists if they are running against a MAGA Republican. And then that um, person oftentimes, especially in swing districts, more often than not loses in the general election. So it's something the Republican Party is going to have to grapple with. Again, I remember in 2016 knowing that someday this was going to all come back around and the Republicans were going to have a really mm-hmm. hard time trying to figure out how to move forward as a party while they embrace this MAGA movement. And here we're seeing this you know, play out in real time now. If you look at the lines of work, I, I kind of break it out into three verticals or three buckets. The first is kind of national security and sovereignty, and that's your intelligence the Defense Department, Homeland Security. The second line of work is what I refer to as economic nationalism, and that is uh, Wilbur Ross at Commerce, Steve Mnuchin at Treasury, Lighthizer at uh, at Trade, um, Peter Navarro, Stephen Miller, these people that are rethinking how we're going to reconstruct uh, our trade arrangements around the world. The third, broadly, line of work is what is deconstruction of the administrative state. And if you... This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish, in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Wednesday, 17 March, in the year of our Lord, 2024. Things heat up in New Hampshire. We're going to get to all of that. Uh, President Trump speaks again tonight at 7 o'clock. Of course, we'll be covering it uh, live, live streaming it. Um, the uh, That uh, last, of course, you've seen the hate nonstop. We're going to all that. Dave Brett, others are going to join us. We're going to be in Davos 
We have Dr. Kevin Roberts from Heritage and, of course, our own Nort Bin Laden to report for them. Peter Navarro is also going to jump in here. Uh, we've got a lot to go through, economics, politics, geopolitics, all of it. Um, that little uh, slice at the end was from 23 February, I believe, of 2017. It was really the first time publicly I'd come out and working for President Trump. It was CPAC, and I walked through. It holds up pretty well, doesn't it? The three lines of work, the 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 national security and um, and uh, get your sovereignty back, the economic nationalism to get your economy back, uh, and the last was the deconstruction of the administrative state. Now, here's what's interesting this, folks. In that audience was essentially the war room posse, right, pre-war room posse, but the people in 16, 15 and 16 had come together and rejected neoliberalism, had rejected the neocon version of the traditional Republican Party and put President Trump in the greatest come-from-behind victory in history, and people were still in shock. The Republican Party still in shock. He won the nomination. But the bigger shock is he actually won the presidency. Um, but you heard the audience clapping. In, in CPAC, when he's on that stage, you look out in those days, it, there was, uh, you know, because President Trump was going to come and talk, there was um, literally hundreds, if not thousands, of media from all over the world. Uh, and I could tell back then when I said the deconstruction administrative state, these guys were looking at each other, you know, the, the smart, the brilliant journalists and from around the world, like, what is he talking about? What is this? Is another crazy Bannon thing? The people in the audience were the ones cheering. And as that went on, the, the cheer even got later, a lot louder. The, um, because you folks get it. You understood that, you know, it's different than a bureaucracy, different than bureaucrats. There was a fourth branch of government that had been built up by the progressive left and the billionaire class. We have to hold them accountable, the billionaire class that had um, was not in the Constitution, had really usurped the power of the other three branches of government. It had it on its own courts. It had its own policymaking. It had its own enforcement. It's, and it's deeper than just the alphabet agencies. It's also the cabinet positions and all the interconnectivity. Uh, and, of course, you have the rogue element of that, the deep state, which is really the national security. Now, that was the part that we were just at the very beginning stages. It started in November after one of the, what I call the nullification project. That was the deep state's nullification project in President Trump's first term. This is why I always say President Trump had two elections stolen, the 2016 in which he, he won, uh, and they couldn't, you know, they couldn't steal from us because we locked it down. Uh, but they then proceeded to steal so much of what he could have gotten done by this uh, unconstitutional, illegal unwarranted attack on President Trump and his people and his policies every day. And then, of course, in 2020, uh, where they outright stole it. And the polling, I think the biggest issue that got him melting down in the entrance polls to the caucuses, I think it's two-thirds, the 75% of the caucus goers believe that, wait for it, Joe Biden's Ill illegitimate uh, and stole the presidency. Today is a... Uh, is a uh, a bold-faced name, you know, major day in this fight against the administrative state. We clearly, if you followed us with uh, with Dr. Kevin Roberts' team and Paul Dance and those guys over at Heritage, and Dr. Roberts is going to join us from Davos later. Um, if you uh, look at what Russ Vote and the great team over at CRA are doing, they're all prepping now with people and policies to be ready to hit the beach uh, running uh, essentially a year from now, roughly a year Saturday. Uh, right after high noon, they'll be the transition team and then hit the beach running with policies and personnel, particularly in the 3,000 non-Senate confirmed. 
The other aspect of this has to be the legal aspect. And quite frankly, this is why Gorsuch and others were principally selected. Their intellectual leadership on the deconstruction of the administrative state. This gets around a case called Chevron, the Chevron deference. And uh, we've got Paul Ingracia, Claremont fellow, Jeff Clark. We're going to have Mike Davis, who was the clerk for um, for Judge Gorsuch. We're trying to get him this afternoon after the arguments. I want to start with Paul Ingracia. Paul, can you explain the Chevron deference? Why is this so important and why is this day for this case to come up? We had the West Virginia case last year against EPA, but this is a landmark case. This is going to be one of the most important topics covered in this session uh, this year of the Supreme Court, sir. Well, Steve, um, I think um, you may have uh, swapped me out. I think uh, Jeff Clark may have uh, been on to discuss Chevron, but... um, Okay, uh, fine. Hang on. on. Let me go right to Jeff, because Jeff's our guy. Uh, Jeff, tell me what you got to... tell Tell me about the Chevron deference. Sure, uh, Steve. So uh, thanks for being here. Look, Chevron is the Mac Daddy of the administrative state. Uh, It is a case from 1984 that Justice Stevens wrote. It creates a two-part test I'll describe. But the reason why it's in the news right now is even as we speak, Supreme Court arguments have begun in two interrelated cases uh, that are going under the title Loper Bright. So that'll go from now until noon today, same time as your show. Uh, And it is truly landmark because if this Chevron deference doctrine, which upholds the administrative state, is reversed or limited significantly by the Supreme Court, it is a first major step in clipping the wings of the administrative state. So first, let me do what does the Chevron case do? And then let me talk about Loper Bright as this occasion to reconsider it. So in Chevron, uh, there was uh, the Clean Air Act, and the Clean Air Act told uh, EPA that they were regulating uh, emissions sources. And then the issue is, well, what was the source? So the Carter administration, you know, drilled down to source as the you know smallest pipe or uh, you know uh, release valve that might you know let some kind of air emission out. The Reagan administration broadened it to say that it should be an entire plant, like imagine a bubble or a dome over the plant. And that aggregation gave companies a lot more flexibility. And the Supreme Court decided they would defer to the Reagan administration interpretation, and it created this two-part test that basically said, if the statute's uh, unambiguous, if it's clear, then you follow the statute, and if the agency does something contrary to that, then that's unlawful in its regulations. But if the statute is ambiguous, then uh, any reasonable interpretation of those statutory terms gets deferred to, even by the U.S. Supreme Court. Now, as I described it, it's not you know necessarily a crazy result in that case, but over time, the door or, or the crack of that door from Chevron has just expanded, expanded, and expanded. And that brings us to this Loper-Bright case that's being heard right now. In the Loper-Bright case, we're dealing with some herring fishermen who are in Cape May, New Jersey, and they're regulated by this uh, agency that, you know, to me is not obscure, but I think to most uh, folks would be obscure, the National Marine Fisheries Service, NIMFS. Um, and I think they like that that name as it ties to the sea. They issued regulations that required these herring fishermen to have uh, federal observers. And even if that takes up as much as 20 percent of their profits from a given haul of fish in order to police, you know, whether they're staying within, uh, you know, their their kind of uh, regulations of what fish they can take and, you know, bycatch and things like that. 
And this is outrageous because the statutory scheme actually only imposes the obligation to pay for these federal observers on uh, narrower classes of fishermen that don't apply to the herring fishermen, and they're capped at 2%, except if you're a foreign fisherman. So these guys are being required to, to, uh, to pay 20% just because NIMS said so. And the First Circuit said, you know, well, uh, it's, you know, um, it's ambiguous. This, you know, the statute's ambiguous uh, because it refers to, uh, you know, what's necessary and proper for the agency to do. So we're going to go ahead and allow them to impose this massive tax. So, you know, it would be tremendous to see the Supreme Court, you know, sweep in here and say, look, the Chevron doctrine has gotten out of hand. I gave a speech once. Is he frozen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, that's a, he's on his Skype. So let's. Uh, we're going to come back to that. I want him to describe the administrative state. Think about it for a second. You have to have federal observers on the fishing boats to take up twenty percent of the profits. The thing with the administrative state is it expanded so much into every aspect of life. They have the ability. They have their own court system. <laughs> they have their own policy making and the federal regulations. This is one of the reasons, like. Uh, with this SEC, we're going to get more into this, I think, on the evening show. The natural asset companies, this end around, same thing they're doing with like the WHO and, and uh, HHS plays footsie with them to, to cede our sovereignty to the WHO. The same thing you're seeing with these natural asset companies take away property rights. Uh, and maybe who knows who actually get into these companies like the CCP or others that could actually control the natural resources of the United States. These are all from these administrative agencies. And it's not just the alphabet agencies. Also, the cabinet positions and the cabinet officers have expanded their their um, uh, their powers, right, and now have this kind of interlocking uh, grip on the United States of America. We're going to get, uh, we're gonna get uh, Brother Clark back up. Big day at the Supreme Court. Big day in politics, economics, all of it. Uh, we're going to get back. Uh, Paul Ingrassi has got... A very sharp take, almost like a Garrett Ziegler type take on Fonnie Willis. The lawfare around President Trump uh, continues to collapse, although they've got him in uh, in New York court uh, on this uh, a defamation, another kangaroo court in New York to try to strip President Trump of his wealth, his property, all of it. As the lawfare continues unabated. President Trump will speak at 7 p.m. tonight in New Hampshire. We'll be covering that. Uh, we got a lot going on today, uh, Jan. We're going to go back to Davos with Laura Bin Laden uh, and shortly. We're going to take a short commercial break. Uh, back in the worm in a moment. Spread the word all through Hong Kong. We will fight till they're all gone. We rejoice when there's no more. Let's take down the CCP. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 
401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, Jeff Clark, I think we've worked out the technical bugs. Jeff, just for the audience, because I see a lot of this in the chat, just describe the administrative state. When we talk about it, I want to make sure people think, oh, because, you know, the media, media matters going to be on, you know, this is another crazy war room conspiracy. By the way, folks, the Wall Street Journal today talks about the Chinese Communist Party, the PLA, the lab, and Navarro's going to talk about this, working on uh, a specific documentation proven by this co- committee over there that's looking into it, about they were working on the COVID-19 in December. As we said in mid-January of 2020, when we shifted from impeachment to war and pandemic. So suck on that. We'll get into that with Navarro in the second hour of the show. Describe the administrative state, Clark, about the, the size of it, the scale of it. It's really beyond the con- – that's why we live in a post-constitutional quasi-republic right now is because of the administrative state. Describe it and, and why this case today is so vitally important. Sure. So, Steve, look, the constitution that the framers gave us is one of the separation of powers. The Congress writes the laws, right, the Article One branch. The executive branch enforces them, the Article Two branch, and the Article Three branch, the courts interpret the laws. As Marbury versus Madison said, it is emphatically the province and duty of the courts to say what the law is to interpret it. But what happened, especially after the New Deal, is that they fused these powers into uh, executive agencies. So you have uh, these agencies, and as you said, it encompasses cabinet agencies, uh, non-cabinet agencies, and also these so-called independent agencies that are trying to be walled off from the president. And they fuse these powers because they can issue regulations, which are functionally new laws, new statutes. They also have their own court systems, so they're interpreting the law, uh, and they're enforcing it all at the same time. And so, you know, Montesquieu told us, and the framers adopted it, that if you have all three powers of uh, law adoption, law enforcement, and law interpretation all fused into one uh, uh, agency or body, that is the essence of tyranny. So that is what the administrative is and has become. And so the stakes in this Loper-Bright case about the you know poor herring fishermen in New Jersey, in Cape May, New Jersey, is of the greatest stakes because it could begin to unravel the fusion of all of those powers in one branch of government. What we need is for the courts to be the ones who interpret the statutes, and also we need to be Congress to have Congress uh, acting uh, enacting the laws. If the agencies enact the laws, Congress just sits on the sidelines, and it gives us what we saw in Obamacare, where Nancy Pelosi said, uh, "Look, we're going to have to pass it to see what's in it." Well, why is that? Because Nancy Pelosi uh, recognizes that the agencies would be the ones to fill in all of the so-called gaps, but in reality, that just gives them delegated lawmaking power, Steve. Um, What do you give us a heads up on this on the actual argument today? What what do you anticipate you're going to hear? 
Well, I think you're going to hear uh, great skepticism about this position by NIMS, the National Marine Fisheries Service. I can't imagine that their interpretation where they can basically impose their own 20% tax uh, when they're just a, an administrative body without congressional authorization is going to fly. So there are narrow ways for that result to be achieved, and there are broader ways for that result to be achieved. Uh, the broadest way would be for this Chevron doctrine to be uh, struck down or significantly cut back. But it's possible that the court just says, look, this fails at Chevron step one. The agency was never given the power to uh, impose uh, you know, these monitors and make, make the federal monitors get on the boats uh, you know, in, in violation of the fact that Congress explicitly imposed that condition only on some types of fishermen and not these types of fishermen. So hopefully the court will go broad, but I think that will be the fight that you'll see unfold. You'll see the liberal uh, justices trying to contain yeah. the damage by, uh, you know, limiting it just to to getting rid of this case. There's a whole movement, though, across the country to try to bring these types of cases up. Right. We understand that just what President Trump is going to do with uh, with heritage and with CRA and others to deconstruct it, you know, piecemeal, brick by brick. Congress has to get involved. But particularly, you have to do this. You have to at some point go after the entire Chevron doctrine and hope, hopefully the deference is overturned. But if this, if this just takes a chip away at it, there's other things throughout the country that are, that are brewing up that people are taking cases now, particularly when you have guys like Gorsuch and, uh, and others that are very focused on this issue. Exactly. And look, Steve, uh, the separation of powers was basically in many ways thrown in the wastebasket as a result of the new deal. And uh, we need to take it back and restore it, dust it off and, you know, give it its place of prominence in our legal system. And, you know, the Chevron doctrine is huge. I think if even if the court doesn't press ahead in this case, eventually Justice Gorsuch in particular is going to drive them to take uh, a case to do that. But also, you know, it's things like the fact that we have heads of agencies who, you know, uh, they have tenures that the president can't remove them because they can only be removed for cause. I think that's a violation of the appointments clause, which is an aspect of the separation of powers. These are key things that were put in place to be able to enact agencies yes. like the FTC and the EPA and the Federal Communications Commission, the FCC. Uh, and, you know, we need to get back to, uh, you know, Republican, Democratic constitutional governance where it's the people who select the president and then the president who sets policies. But in terms of enacting the laws, it's Congress that enacts the laws. And at this point, we have, as you continually flog, a kind of do nothing Congress. Um, uh, where do people get to you? How do you, how do they track you down social media? How do they follow you uh, on this and many other topics that you're in the middle of? Sure, Steve. So, uh, the center for renewing America is at americarenewing.com. I'm at Jeff Clark us on, uh, getter and X and at real Jeff Clark on truth social, Steve. Thanks. Uh, thanks, uh, Brother Clark. Uh, fantastic job. Uh, we'll talk to you after the, after the arguments today. Say how it went. Excellent. Deconstruction of the, administ deconstruction of the administrative state. Uh, remember, if you want to get to the deep state, you've got to take on the administrative state because it's the rogue element of it. Paul Gracia. Okay, lawfare uh, is, is relentless against President Trump. It's, the, it's their ace in the hole, how they think they're going to bet the Biden regime. And, of course, the crazies over at State TV, at MSNBC, kind of the RT 
of America. Um, walk to me through. You, you've been pretty uh, out there about Fonnie Willis. Tell me about Fonnie Willis. What, what has she done? What's the problem? And is she going to be able to continue to torment President Trump, Paul? Well, I think based on the revelations that came to the forefront this week, um, this case should have, be dismissed. And uh, Brian Kemp, being the governor of the state of Georgia, has a constitutional prerogative to appoint his attorney general, Chris Carr, to intervene in this case. Um, and and that, that is something that he has the power to do. Now, the issues with this case, obviously, there are political improprieties um, that, that started from the very beginning. We know that this is a political hit job. This is a continuation of the weaponization of the justice system against President Trump um, by the left. But now we see that Bonnie Willis's improprieties uh, go far beyond that to moral and ethical proprieties and deep-seated um, violations of their professional code of conduct. Now, Fonnie Willis appointed this special prosecutor by the name of Nathaniel Wade, um, who, prior to being put on the most consequential criminal prosecution, arguably in American history, the fact that you're involving a sitting president, uh, this guy was basically a traffic court judge. He didn't prosecute anything beyond a misdemeanor. So this guy was patently inexperienced to take on a case of this magnitude just, you know, at face value. Now, the, now the rot runs much, much deeper than that. Um, once he was appointed to the case, the day afterwards, he filed for divorce against his now ex-wife, Joycelyn Wade. So from court records based on that divorce filing, which were immediately put under seal, um, it, it revealed that he had not disclosed up to, you know, uh, she alleged at the time that he was getting paid $700,000 um, as a result. Um, or, or uh, I mean, basically, she wanted financial disclosures from him. He was not handing them over to her. The court actually held him in contempt for that. Now, think of this. This is a divorce proceeding. Um, this guy, Nathaniel Wade, Fonnie Wilson's special prosecutor, um, had experience prosecuting these types of cases before. He was a misdemeanor, you know, as I explained before. Um, and so he should have been readily familiar with how divorce proceedings work. He withheld critical financial disclosures uh, to his ex-wife. The court held him in contempt for that. And as a result, um, he was forced to ultimately disclose that he was making over $700,000 by at least $700,000 uh, by Fonnie Willis's office. Now, um, this has been independently substantiated by a really explosive motion to dismiss filed by one of the 17 co-defendants on this case, a man by the, ma uh, the by the name of Mike Roman, who, uh, who was, you know, a former employee of President Trump's. Um, he alleged, among other things, that she was getting paid, he, he said, a million dollars from Fonnie Willis's office. In addition, um, Nathan Wade, while on the case, had been making trips to Washington, D.C., um, petitioning uh, both the January 6th committee as well as the Biden White House for additional funding for the case. Um, Breitbart reported that they received up to $14 million from the Justice Department to add to their budget. Now, what were they doing with this money? Um Further disclosures that have been. Hey, hey Paul, 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 yes. Paul, hang on one second. We'll just take a commercial break. Paul and Grace Ingracia joins us. 
the Fannie Willis, uh, Willis case uh, is going to fall apart. Now, the, one of the key parts of this is Kemp happens to be for the second year in a row. Guess where? Davos. <laughs> We're going to talk about that with Nor Ben Laden, Dr. Kevin Ro- Roberts, and Peter Navarro. All going to join us a little later. Paul will be back on the other side. We drill down on what needs to be done to drop this outrageous lawfare against President Trump in the great state of Georgia. Next in the War Room. Question, who protects the troops who protect us? Well, we will. Imagine you're serving halfway around the world and you learn the title to your home. That legal document that proves it's actually yours has been forged and it's not in your name anymore. But we can't let that happen and we won't let it happen. Home title theft is a clear and present danger for all homeowners. And that's why I trust Home Title Lock. And now Home Title Lock is protecting those who protect us and giving back. For every subscription you purchase from Home Title Lock, they'll donate one year of free service to a military family in your name. Our troops deserve the peace of mind in knowing that while they protect us, Home Title Lock protects their most valuable asset. We all need to protect the title to our homes. I'll share updates, but for now, please join me. Protect your home's title at HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon and use promo code Bannon. And when you do, they'll protect the home of a service member in your name. That's HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. HomeTitleLock.com slash Bannon, code Bannon. Do this for the troops. Do it today. Use your agency. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. End of the dollar empire is not only going to have a massive impact on this country's finances, your community's finances, but also your family and your personal. You must understand this. You must understand the centrality of our currency and our economy uh, and also the centrality of it in politics up until the establishment of the Federal Reserve. Make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon right now. It's totally free. End of the dollar empire. Uh, Part three. The debt trap that we argued, this is what we put out before the debt ceiling uh, debacle back in the spring. We're updating that with current numbers because this is the big fight we've got right now. Remember, you don't close down the border, close down the government. That's at the midnight on uh, Friday. We're going to get into the big fight about that momentarily. Dave Brett's going to join us. Todd Benzman's going to join us. All kinds of – they're calling over the White House. They still want to talk about uh, – this Langford bill is uh, they're holding our border hostage. They want an amnesty bill to then approve. And if we agree to an amnesty bill and then approve $80 billion Ukraine, I don't think it works like that. But we're going to make sure that you absolutely have clear focus on this. But make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon and talk to Philip Patrick and the team and ask him about why gold has been a hedge against times of turbulence for 5,000 years. What forces drive that? Because one thing we can guarantee you, As sure as the turning of the earth, 2024 is going to be a year of massive turbulence. We're going to go to Davos in a little while, and you're going to find out what the the world's oligarchs have in store for you. So make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon. Paul, what she's done here is so outrageous and actually criminal. But what is to be done? Down in Georgia, Kemp's in Davos for the second time. He was there last year saying there was no election fraud at all. He's, he's virulently anti-Trump. Remember, 
he's the real stalking horse. They've got uh, neocon Nikki in there right now, but not mm-hmm. for 24 unless they do it at a convention. But Kemp's the guy long term that the Bush apparatus sees as their guy. Uh, he's right. in Davos again. He he's sitting there telling people, Paul, that hey, we we've passed this law. They got a review thing. This should be the first thing they should review. But you're saying you need more immediate action. Is that what I'm hearing? You're saying Kemp's got to step up and empower the attorney general to go do this immediately? Absolutely. And the remedy is actually quite simple. Uh, Kemp is making it seem much more complicated than it should be. The remedy is right there in the Georgia State Constitution. Article 5, Section 3, Paragraph 4 says the governor can appoint the attorney general to intervene and represent the state um, for all capital and civil and criminal cases in any court when required by the governor. So the power is right there in the state constitution. And what basically needs to be done is the indictment needs to be dismissed. Um, Willis and, of course, her her her, her uh, romantic partner here in Wade uh, have to be disciplined sternly by the Georgia bar. Um, the only just remedy for the amount of improprieties involved in this case is to dismiss the indictment with, without prejudice reassign the investigation to another district attorney uh, attorney, and let them start from scratch with a new special purpose grand jury and depending on the outcome, a new regular grand jury to see if a new indictment can be returned. Um, anything short of that, Steve, would risk further undermining public confidence in a proceeding where basically public confidence has already bottomed out and the entire integrity of the American justice system uh, basically hangs on a thread. Um, given the stakes of this case. So that basically is the swift and decisive action that needs to be done. And Brian Kemp has the power to do it. And public pressure has to ratchet up um, to get Brian Kemp to respond to his constituents. I think what we're going to do is then tomorrow we'll get numbers and phone and Grace will help out here. And uh, I think Bill White from down in Fulton County going to try getting him. Just before I move to one more topic, Paul, um, this is just not Garrett Ziegler and others and Paul Ingrassi, et cetera. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has she not been – has Fannie Willis not been subpoenaed in the divorce proceedings? Has not the aggrieved, I guess, soon-to-be ex-wife of, uh, of Nathan Wade uh, – hasn't she subpoenaed uh, uh, Fannie Willis uh, to the divorce proceedings? Not to my knowledge, and there's so much that they're covering up. Again, I said that that whole divorce proceeding was put under seal, under questionable legality. Why that is the case, of course, they're trying to cover up um, what these Mike Roman uh, revelations revealed. So um, there's so much there, and I, I just hit on the, uh, you know, the scratch the surface on this. There's, I'm sure the corruption runs all the way through the entire uh, district attorney's office, and that's why the entire thing uh, needs to be totally dismissed without prejudice. Wow. Uh, Paul, you've also written a very controversial piece about natural born citizens. I don't have time to take it up today, but it is a quite big topic that we've got to get into. So we're going to have you back until then. What's your social media website? Where do people get your writings and all this? So they can find me on paulingracia.substack.com. That's where the writings on Fannie Willis are. Uh, obviously, Twitter, Paul Ingracia, and also, as you just alluded to, the natural-born uh, citizenship and presidential eligibility articles there as well. That got a little uh, – that kind of went uh, kind of viral. <laughs> so we'll have you back on. I want to take our time on that one because it is a uh, – and it's tied to the invasion of the country. It is a very big topic that must be addressed if we believe in the Constitution. Paul Ingrassi, thank you so much for coming on, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. 
And Grassi gets a little controversial on topics. He doesn't take the small ones, so we'll get Paul back on here. But follow the Fonnie Willis thing, and I think it was Bill White uh, who led the uh, in Fulton County the fight. I think for Buckhead to break off there. He's got his. Uh, he's also got a very um, uh, sharp. Uh, opinions about this entire situation down there. I've got Dave Brett. Uh, I want to bring in Benzman real quickly here. And Brett, hang on, because I'm going to get you in for the politics of it, or at least the, the strategic part of the politics. So there's a firefight over there right now. They just they took a snow day off yesterday. They're back. They had a conference. The conference was another brawl. People are accusing people of leaking immediately when things are out there. Uh, it got quite heated and quite nasty. Uh, and here's the situation. Is that uh, you do not people understand because of you, this audience and the numbers two zero two 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 five three one two one that the heat is on the constituents of the Republican Party, and particularly the MAGA part of it, not the establishment part. Even the establishment, I think, has come around to this, uh, say that the border must be shut down or you can't go forward in this. If you don't shut down the border, if you don't close the border, then shut down the government. Just very simple. No more money. The only way the weapon you've got is defunding, not more happy talk. Of course. Uh, Langford's come up with an amnesty bill. So, so Benzman, here's what they want us to do. They want us to agree to Langford's amnesty bill, which gives immediate work permits to 8 million invaders, uh, you know, 50,000 new this, all this. The one thing they're saying, oh, well, we're discussing humanitarian parole, which you brought up months and months ago. But they're using that as a thing to take your eyes off of what else. It's a massive amnesty bill. At the same time, you would approve $80 billion or $60 billion to Ukraine. They they think people are idiots, and that's why lighting up the phones over there, sending emails, calling their local offices, and particularly Langford's office, has got them scared to death. Now, they're playing games nonstop. One of the games they're doing, and this talks about these secret negotiations they've had. They had Blinken, you know, with, with the Middle East war expanding every day, the Persians now in on the Southern Arabian Peninsula with their the Houthis. they got the Revolutionary Guard there. They're, they're lobbing into Iraq. We still have troops uh, Blinken's going to Mexico to cut secret deals. Uh, Benzman, you said this months ago. They're they're desperate to get the numbers down on the optics. They got to get the optics down here because they realize this could lead to a landslide uh, election win for us across the board, sir. Explain explain to us what's going on behind the scenes. This audience has to has to understand. Okay, if you go to cis.org, Center for Immigration Studies.org, you'll find my. Uh, reportorial essay there about what's what's happening in Mexico right now. The border has changed. Uh, how it has changed is remember the shuttle diplomacy of December 22 when Biden went down there, and then on the 27th when Mayorkas and Blinken went down there. Well, nobody told us what the deal was, but they cut a deal. We still don't know the details of it, but we now see. The fruit of it politically for the Biden administration and for AMLO. Mexico is involved in a massive crackdown at uh, at their northern border with ours, rounding up thousands and thousands of immigrants so that they can't cross in as high a numbers and shipping them by bus and airplane down to Via Hermosa and Tapachula, Mexico. They're creating a new Gaza Strip down there, basically, and trying to hem in uh, hundreds of thousands coming through there so that they can't reach our border. They are bulldozing migrant camps uh, all along our border. They are digging anti-pedestrian trenches. These are the Mexicans. Uh, they are um, 
shutting down the freight trains, the cargo trains, which you know we spoke about here on your show a lot. I did a lot of reporting one year ago about how those freight trains were responsible for hundreds of thousands reaching our border quickly, cheaply, and easily, uh, but that nobody was doing anything about it. Well, now the Mexicans are blockading a whole bunch of the trains, uh, the, the uh, depots, uh, cargo depots down there and pulling them off and shipping them down to their Gaza Strip on the south. The result of this is that, remember, just a, a few weeks ago, we were having 14,000 a day, 15,000 a day, 12,000 a day, monumental numbers crossing over that border. Now, in, in January, they've tamped it down to a still catastrophic 5,000 and 6,000 a day, but, you know, 60 and 70 percent off. My sources tell me that this deal is good through December of this year, which just gets us past the election, that this is a political deal. AMLO has signed off on this. We don't know if money has changed hands yet. Nobody's reporting or talking about uh, what we had to pay AMLO to do this. But the posse needs to understand, the American public needs to understand that this is a uh, a, a temporary uh, fake uh, fix for political purposes, uh, and it's not real. And I don't believe that the, when when they start doing victory laps, oh look, we've got the numbers down, uh, that anybody should give a pass on that because five thousand a day is an, a monumental crisis. Six thousand a day uh, is a monumental crisis. And what are we paying Amlo? There, for this. Yeah, there, there, there are no. Con- By the way, didn't Amblo? I heard it was twenty billion dollars he needed as a payment. That's what the, yeah, that the, the rumors ask. are. Also, the five. There, there are no. Con- there are no. Con- there are no coincidences. The five thousand ties to the Langford. Um, what other word have you heard uh, that? Uh, here's the point that uh, McConnell's trying to make. He's saying, "Oh, you'll never get a deal with Trump because Trump's too tough. Uh, Trump's too hard." Uh, which, by the way, all we have to do is implement the uh, – all we have to do is execute the laws on the books right now, and you can shut this thing down, totally shut it down. H.R. 2 adds, but if you just if you just did the laws on the books right now, this would dry up. What are you hearing about the uh, behind-the-scenes negotiations right now on this – what is an amnesty bill? The Langford thing's amnesty. What are you hearing about that? Well, I am I am plug, trying to plug into that. I'm not directly involved in any of that, but what I'm hearing is that Langford is – uh, negotiating directly with Alejandro Mayorkas. That's like the last person that any Republican should be that like, he's the arsonist. Uh, I mean, Mayorkas, you, uh, and that, that Lankford is not interested in talking to people like me or to people like, um, you know, former Trump officials, uh, Mark Morgan or, uh, Thomas Holman or some of the people that have a people different perspective that, yeah. on this. Uh, you know, so uh, Benzman, Benzman, hang on, hang, hang on one second. I'm gonna hold you through the break. Uh, Dave Bratz with us. We got Nor Bin Laden in Davos, Dr. Robertson, Davos, Navarro. We're jammed up today. Uh, a lot going on Capitol Hill, 202-225-3121. Do not, if you don't shut down the border, shut down the government. Very, very simple. Also, we know from CES, uh, uh, Joe Allen's told us cybercrime and artificial intelligence is now kind of merged. Your uh, home title is the thing that they're looking for, $6 trillion 
of equity in, uh, in American homes, and the criminals are looking at it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com today to make sure that you're not a victim. HomeTitleLock.com. Short break. Back to- Tax Network USA is pure war room for solving your IRS tax problems. If you owe back taxes, COVID was your lucky break. Tax court shut down, the IRS paused, and you skated. Well, baby, that party is over. The IRS is adding 20,000 enforcement agents, basically tax cops. Honest, hardworking Americans like you are in the crosshairs. Rich people have tax lawyers, and you don't. You'll pay up, plus interest and penalties. Tax USA Network has brilliant war room type strategies designed to solve your IRS problem quickly in your favor. Never call the IRS yourself. You're at their mercy. You could sit on hold for six to eight hours and get hung up on, grind you for all your back taxes, plus interest and penalties. Tax Network USA attorneys have a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to talk to and who to avoid. If they get difficult agent, hey, they just call a different agent. Tax Network USA learned of a limited time special IRS offer. The IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Schedule your free confidential consultation with Tax Network USA. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. Think about that. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. They offer a best-in-class client satisfaction guarantee. Now call one 800 245 6000 That's one 800 245 6000 And visit Tax Network USA. That's TNUSA.com slash Bannon. TNUSA.com slash Bannon. Make sure you take action on this today. This IRS grind is only going to get much worse. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, we're going to try to get this clip. We're going to play at the top of the hour. Um, Jamie Dimon, one of the uh, one of the um, biggest never Trumpers and haters of MAGA, chairman CEO of J.P. Morgan, quote Squawk Box this morning. I don't like how Trump said things. But he wasn't wrong about those critical issues. That's why they're voting for him. People should be more respectful of our fellow citizens. I think, wait for this punchline. I think this negative talk about MAGA will hurt Biden's campaign. I think this negative talk about MAGA will hurt Biden's campaign, which is all Biden's campaigns around. That's Jamie Dimon that's the oligarchs of the lords of easy money telling Biden that the American people are with Trump, that this populist movement is real. A newfound populism in Jamie Dimon. Benzman, uh, how do we get smart about this? Where do we go? This fight is our audience is all in. They're the ones who have been standing in the breach here. Another huge fight with the weak-willed, pencil-neck, Republican, vast majority of the conference that wants to run and hide from this. But we're going to take it head on. How do people get smart about this? Well, my piece that shows the border has changed in a major way uh, is available at cis.org, Center for Immigration Studies.org. It's at the top of the uh, of the lineup there uh, right now, and that will go through uh, chapter and verse uh, a whole range of 
very aggressive Mexican anti-immigration movement moves all over Mexico that the U.S. media has not reported not one time anywhere. CIS.org, you can follow me on Twitter or whatever, X, Benzman Todd, at Benzman Todd. I'm on Getter, Truth Social, uh, and I would uh, definitely pass this one around to your uh, senators and congressmen yeah. uh, who are going to be tricked and fooled into thinking that things are kind of under control at this 5,000. They, they, they want to be, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. They want to be tricked and fooled. Let, let's, let's just say what it is. They want to be tricked and fooled. They all report to the donors. They want to be tricked and fooled. Otherwise, they would stand up here. This thing is quite simple. This, they're gaming the system right now because the optics are so terrible. Full well, stop. Those people in Mexico, they're not, they're not sending them back to their native countries. They're all going to come across. This is why this deal, they've got the amnesty deal that Langford has. Langford's amnesty deal has 5,000 for seven days in a row before anything happens, right? There's, there's, not, there's, there's well, no coincidences here. One, Todd, we've got to bounce. Where do people go? I want people to get – yeah, go ahead. I Just real quickly, one thing to watch for in all these deals is that there's never a mention of physical deportation. What's the plan – at 5,001. Yes. Uh, never. You'll, you will not see that because whatever deal they strike, there will be no enforcement. There'll be only loopholes. Uh, it's going to be 1986 all over again with the Reagan amnesty uh, where, you know, there was never any enforcement. Everybody got the amnesty, but there was never any enforcement. Yeah. No, it's they're going to be eight to 10, as you say, 40, you think 12 to 14 million. Todd, what's your social media? Where do they follow you on uh, the social media? And it's Benzman, at Benzman Todd X. I'm on Twitter, uh, I mean, X, and also uh, Getter and Truth Social. Okay, brother, thanks for this report. We'll make sure everybody reads it. Fabulous work. Take care. Of course, Langford has not talked to, Rose, not talked to Rosemary Jenks, not talked to Morgan, not talked to... Um, Benzman, why would you want to talk to those people? They know what's going on and can give you real solutions. People in Oklahoma should be ashamed that they got a guy like Lanford in the United States Senate. Ashamed deeply. Let you guys deal with it, but ashamed deeply. Brat, this firefight that's going to go on between now and they're going to come up with every excuse in the world to kick the can down the road. Now is our time to sit there and say, no, we're tired of the nonsense. We're tired of the lies. We're tired of the invasion. We don't care about Ukraine's. Russian-speaking border uh, with uh, with Putin. We care about the southern border of the United States. That's in the vital national security interest. Tell us what you think is going to happen. Yeah, well, what I what I think is going to happen, uh, unless the war room really kicks in, uh, which uh, people are, and uh, we're seeing results. Right there, there has been a shift on Ukraine, for example, after the, the big lies been exposed, you know, for years. Uh, and they're losing the war, and by you know millions have been slaughtered, millions of kids uh, fighting, uh, and all the smartest guys in the world, Mearsheimer, and every then the Republicans still have a hard time saying no in public uh, to even that funding. It, it's just stunning. And so on the border, you, you just hit the nail on the head. It, it's it's intentional, right? Uh, the the members act like they have a bill out there. They want to be misled. Uh, it's an intellectual lie, right? And uh, yesterday, uh, Rosendale was great yesterday, you know, on the cognitive dissonance in the uh, in the Republican conference. Uh, there's huge numbers of people that if you ask them, uh, do you want to shut the border? Yes. Uh, is there, uh, is there uh, an immigration disaster already in our country that has national security implications? Yes. 
do you agree that this is existential for our country, uh, not to mention the electoral mischief that's going to come our way, and that you may never have a uh, Republican majority again? Uh, yeah, I know that. Uh, will you vote to uh, shut down that border and, and shut down funding of something that's just awful? Uh, hang on, I got to go. I got a meeting, right? I mean, it, it's just <laughs> numbing, right? I mean, and that, that's really what happens. And the people, but the people are now uh, coming out in full force. They're sick of being lied to on the Ukraine, on the border, on the budget. We're going to fund a $7 trillion budget again, it looks like, uh, unless our guys get some chops. Uh, but that that whole thing, we're funding a COVID economy again, uh, $7 yeah. trillion levels uh, with huge stimulus uh, to bail out the opposing side and the politics. By the way, uh, the, the, hey, Dave, can I, can I get you to hang around? They've got yeah, another sure. stimulus package. They've got the child tax yeah. credit and the yeah. cuts to taxes for businessmen. Hey, I, listen, why would the Republicans agree to another Keynesian stimulus that's going to cost yeah. hundreds of billions of dollars that will only help Biden in election year? Like even the politics of it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you're yeah. doing this for tax cuts. Look, I love tax cuts for small businessmen, but you got to face reality. We have a structural $2 trillion deficit. One's a, one of those going to pay off. Anyway, Brad, if you can hold on, if you can sure. hold on, uh, we're going to take a short commercial break. We've got, uh, we're going to go to Davos. We've got our own Nor Bin Laden, uh, who's been following things. I think she's outside of Squawk Box. Uh, we've got uh, Dr. Kevin Roberts, uh, the head of Heritage, is also going to join us. Uh, make sure this thing's on fire. SacredHumanHealth.com. The grass-fed beef liver. Remember, uh, beef liver is the most concentrated form of nutrients anywhere in human life. Go check it out today. Go to the website, sacredhumanhealth.com. Get all the information on this American-made product. It's not synthetic multivitamins. This is the real deal. Go check it out today. Short break. Back in 90 seconds. I want to warn you of a huge change that could be coming to our money and our bank accounts. First, think back to 9-11, shortly after the government pushed through the Patriot Act. This gave the government power to spy on innocent Americans by monitoring our phone and email and tracking our movement across the Internet. Now, Jim Rickards, editor of the independent financial newsletter Strategic Intelligence and New York Times bestselling author, is warning about a coming event that could elevate this governmental surveillance to a terrifying new level. In fact, some of the guests I've had on The War Room believe that the government will soon expand their powers to track our every move. If we say the wrong things on social media, donate to the wrong causes, buy firearms, or even vote MAGA, the government may be able to shut us out of our bank accounts. I can't say for sure if this will happen, but it's an interesting in dire warning. Fortunately, Jim Rickards, an American patriot and friend of mine, has made it his mission to educate us on what he believes is coming and how to protect yourself from the possibility of programmable money. Watch Jim's warning video now before it's censored like I've been in the past. Go to RickardsWarRoom.com. That's RickardsWarRoom.com now to see the video. Early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. 
That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.